Hi, this is Jana Spica, and welcome to Listen and See. I've been eager to be back with you. There's been a lot going on over the holidays, as I'm sure that there has been for you. And honestly, even as I'm trying to do this today, I have children playing on a trampoline in my neighbor's yard, and my Great Dane is bouncing around who knows where. So hopefully uh, there won't be too much background noise. I want to talk to you today about distraction and determination. And um, I have had this buzz in my soul with the Lord lately about just why did God make us and what kind of impact do we actually have on our world? What I mean specific is this. When there were fires going on in California, did you pray? When there were Category 5 storms coming against different coasts, did you pray? When there were... um just recently, I've been watching the volcano that's been going off and 3,300 people being evacuated. Did you pray? Do you know what's going on? How about this terrible virus happening in China? And are we praying or are we wringing our hands and acting sad and mopey and, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Because what's going to happen is the believers of God, the carriers of God, the kingdom of God is going to start shaking the natural world that we live in with kingdom ideas and kingdom principles. Now, before you shut me off, I know that that sounds audacious, but I just want to remind you about what Scripture says in 1 John 3. This says, as Jesus is, we are. As Jesus is, we are. We're like Him. He's given us all the tools of the kingdom. He's given us the same Holy Spirit that He had And He's given us this uh, burn and churn inside our very souls to make a difference. In fact, the people who are the most depressed and the most sad and the most um, off track, out of whack, are the ones who have lost their purpose for living. They've lost the why of me. And so I just want to spend a little time and talk about that and maybe how to help us brush off some distraction. So I want to speak a little bit first about the difference between the will of God and the plans of God. Because people get all up in their brain going, oh, I just want to be in the will of God. Well, let me make it real simple for you. The will of God is that you know and love Jesus and are loved by Him. Boom. That you would know the will of God, His pleasing, perfect will. And that will is that you would know Jesus, acknowledge Him, and be loved by Him. It's pretty simple. So once you've got that piece nailed down, and we do that over a lifetime, more and more intimacy, more and more connection, more and more trust in Him and His trust in us, that's a whole nother podcast, then there's this thing about the plans of God, and we're all the time talking about what we're going to do with life, but what I'm talking about is what does what's God doing? What does God want to do in my life? What does God want to do in and through your life? So I've been hearing this phraseology about microclimates, where you can create whole other weather systems uh, because you change the natural dynamics. So uh, the fires out in California, you probably heard the firemen talking about that the fire was so intense that it had created its own weather system. So much heat, so much wind, so much change in the natural dynamics, it created its own weather system. And then you hear storms that has its own weather system or how it's affected change. And there's this incredible movie on Amazon Prime called Mully, M-U-L-L-Y, about a man who took a barren part of Kenya, 
desolate, no water. I don't mean like no river, no drinkable water. I mean no water. They had to carry water in from miles away. And God told that man to go dig in this particular spot, and there was water. And from that underground well that God led him to, he started watering the ground. First, he fed his thousand children who used to be orphans and are now part of his family. First, he did that. Then he started watering the farm, and now this barren, desolate place has now got grass and green. Then they started planting trees, over 1.5 million trees that are being watered by this hole in the ground that God told him to go dig. This is beautiful. And then they started doing this hydroponic farm. And so all of their efforts, step by step by step, they now have created their own microclimate where in the barren, desolate places in Africa, in Kenya, Africa, they the water comes down, waters the earth, the mist rises, creates clouds, and creates rain. And now they have an unusual natural phenomenon based on an act of faith when God told the man to go dig in the ground and there's going to be water there. I can't get away from these little tiny acts of faith. These little tiny, God told me to do this, and I did it having no idea where it would lead. Which comes back to my first question, is what is God's plans for your life, and are you tapping into that? Or are you like me, like most of us, we know that there's something aching within us, something not grand like YouTube sensation, like deep, profound, life-giving, like that groan of your life of satisfaction. That's what I'm talking about, the plans of God, that deep-rooted satisfaction that we, instead of pursuing that, being led by that, we're often distracted by the things that are constantly coming against us. What are they? Your own thoughts telling you that you can't. Your family that's demanding. Your job that's eating your lunch. People telling you that you can't. Your bills that seem to rise up. I know you know what I'm talking about, like these distractions that just seem to sit on top of your head and you're going, I don't even have time to think about the plans of God. I'd like to suggest that there might be a way for us to roll off those distractions by putting the plans of God first and foremost. I know you know this. I know I'm telling you stuff that you've probably heard before, but there is an order to the kingdom of God. And first it is, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, what you can believe, understand, access, but instead acknowledge Him in all your ways, in everything. Acknowledge Him that He is God, He's worthy, and He will direct your path, and He will direct your steps. So there's something about you putting God first in your life. That doesn't mean going to church, although that's a piece of it. That means that in your heart of hearts, that God is the most important thing. And guess what? When God is the most important thing, no one else is above Him. Not even your children, not even your husband, not even your wife, not even your bills. And we live in this tension of being so pushed around and pressed by these lesser things. And I would just like to give us a minute to go, hey, (laughs) there's something completely different that's available to us. So how do we take our distractions and convert them, convert the energy that we spend on the distractions. And listen, don't be deceived. The distractions are what you look like, what people think about you, how you're functioning in the world. 
It's like, am I good enough? Am I not good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I thin enough? Am I driving the right car? It's like we laugh about keeping up with the Joneses, but it's really about keeping up on Facebook. I mean, the facades of our lives that we're living in right now, like, please stop posting wonderful pictures when your life is in shambles, you know, stop. And also equally stop posting all your crap, start saying another word, on Facebook so that all the enablers will come rushing to your aid. Go instead first to the Lord and let Him start working out, working in His plan for your life about who He is. Because I I just wonder, I think this is a crazy thought that just popped into my head. I'm kind of worked up today. I wonder if the coming generations are going to think we're out of our mind because of the way that we're doing social media. It's like this whole dopamine rush every time we see a new post and there's something new and something new and something new and something new. And yet we're not experiencing any of the newness, any of the creativity, any of the the wonder of God. Listen, I get on social media just like you do. It encourages me sometimes. It makes me mad sometimes. This isn't a rant about social media. What it is a rant about is how are you spending your life? How are you investing the energies of your life? I asked this in church this morning. What are you praying intensely about? It says in James 5, a familiar verse you probably heard, um, the NIV version is something like, uh, the prayers of the righteous man availeth much. That's sort of how I have it memorized. But today, the verse of the day, oddly enough, because God's talking all the time and he wants to make sure that we hear what he's saying. um, In the Amplified Version, it says this, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I'm going to read it again. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous believer can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. So I read that and I'm going, what am I praying about? What are you praying about? What are you believing for? What are you intensely praying for that you're believing that God is going to do? Why? Because he loves it when we pray, because he loves us, because he's a good parent and he wants to give us the desires of our heart. And when our desires line up with his desires, he's going, yeah, girl, I'm happy to talk to you about that. I'm happy to bring rain when you pray for fire. I'm happy to bring category fives down to category threes, down to category twos. I'm happy to pray for the disease in China, that this virus would stop, that people would be healed. I'm glad to fill in the blank. I'm also glad to help you pay for the bill that you didn't know was going to come out of nowhere. I'm also glad to bring you a friend when you're feeling lonely. I'm also glad to fill in the blank. Like, what are you praying intensely for and what are you willing to believe for? So tapping into the plans of God begins with this like, God, I know I'm made for more. In case you need to be reminded, you know, it says in Ephesians that we are God's masterpiece put on display, created by him that we might do good works planned in in advance. I think I just totally butchered that here. I've got written down (laughs) for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I wonder if some of our life seems meaningless, has lacked focus, is depressing, is heavy to bear because we have forgotten the good works. How do you know what's a good work? It's the work that the Lord has planted in you. I 
asked this question also this morning in New Wine. What makes you so angry? What is something socially? What's something in your life, something in your world that, oh, I just can't stand it when this happens? It could be that God has brought you that very passion and reaction because you're supposed to pray about it, because He wants to connect you with somebody to be part of the solution. What is something that makes your heart beat fast? You feel so passionate. You feel like, oh, I have such this drive about this thing, and I don't even know why. That's the Spirit of God leading you, moving you, going, I have something for you. But if you don't take the first step of prayer, if you don't take the first step of obedience after prayer to do whatever it is that God tells you to do, how will you ever go on this great adventure with Him and discover the plans that He has created for you in advance, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10 says. And some translations say, so that we might walk in them. I'm not trying to put you on a performance plan. In fact, if anything, I'm trying to give you a greater sense of hope that when you are led by the love of God, you'll get yourself involved in things that you never thought was possible, that you would never dream of doing just because you love God. He's going, hey, I've got something for you. Now, I want to give you four words. I may have to do this in another podcast, too, and follow up on it. But these are four um, words that describe what God gave to King Solomon. He didn't make him instantly rich, but he gave him four attributes that changed the whole course of that country, the country, mind you. I got this uh, from a piece in um, the book, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth by Chris Valentin. And it's one of those things where the Lord, Chris Valentin writes one thing, and then me and the Lord are having another conversation about other things. So I bless Chris Valentin for the work that he has done. It's been very wonderful. But I also love how the Lord has used it like a diving board or a springboard to take me into a different conversation. So something that Chris Valentin says about Solomon is that he got, God gave Solomon these four things. You ready? Here we go. Supernatural wisdom, favor, excellence, and creativity. Supernatural wisdom, favor, excellence, and creativity. And he breaks down, Chris Valentin does, about how with these four things, God enabled to do Solomon far more than he maybe even dreamed or imagined. Not just building the tabernacle, which was amazing, the temple of God, but how he ran the country. It says that the Queen of Sheba even was marveling at the way Solomon set the table, the way Solomon had food prepared. I mean, his supernatural wisdom and favor and excellence and creativity affected every area of his life. And then Valentin goes on to talk about, hey, Solomon didn't even have the Holy Spirit. And now here we are on this side of the cross with the mind of Christ, with the fullness of God within, with the Holy Spirit beating within us, driving within us, loving within us, revealing within us, teaching us all things, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. And we ourselves have supernatural wisdom, favor, excellence, and creativity. Now, you want to change your life? Start tapping into these four things. Here's one thing I've started doing. God, I know I have these things, and I want you to make me more aware, make me more hungry, and make me more faith-filled to believe them and start acting like I have them. So many people don't do because they they think they can't do or they don't have what they need to do. And so I just want to be the first one to tell you today, you have everything you need because you have Jesus. 
So you want to start first beginning to change your language and your belief system. I have everything I need because I have Jesus. I have supernatural wisdom. I have favor. I have excellence. I have creativity. And let me just break these four words down for you real quick about what the package deal is on these. These are just things that the Lord's stirring in my own heart. There's only so far you can go in your own thinking. We try to sort and reason and make things happen. But uh, Reinhard Bonnke said years and years ago, when my mind gets stuck and I can't think my way out of a situation, I have to go up a little bit higher where the flame of the Holy Spirit is. And you go up beyond your thinking into the Spirit, where the Spirit lives and dwells in heaven where all things are possible. So supernatural wisdom thinks outside of the box. Supernatural wisdom thinks from a place of faith. Supernatural wisdom believes that God has the answer for every single issue on the planet. You want to stretch your faith? Start saying that out loud every day. You come into something and you don't know what to do? Guess what? God does. And it's on you to come by faith to the throne and receive supernatural wisdom for moment-by-moment care. I tell you, I have been testing this in my own life, and the Lord hasn't let me down yet. God, I don't even know what to do right now. And if I'll shut my mouth and still my mind, the Spirit of God will whisper to my spirit exactly what I need in that moment. Supernatural wisdom. Favor is God loves all of His kids, but favor is about special gifts, special love and attention pouring out because we're near to God. You know, uh, we kind of liken it like this, is that you got a, a family with a bunch of kids. And so the parents love all their kids. They feed all their kids. They take care of all their kids because they're good parents. But the child that keeps crawling up in their lap, the child that helps them when they're in the kitchen, the child that wants to talk with them and hang out by its very proximity is going to get more from the parents just because they're close in heart with the parents. That's what favor is. Favor is, I can't I can't be close enough to you, Lord. I just can't, can't get enough of you. And the Lord goes, and I'm happy to pour out on you. Favor is this this beautiful thing that God brings to us. So you have the favor of God. It says that He surrounds us with favor as with a shield, that God's desire is that you would walk in His favor, a life of favor, that we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry, we don't have, oh, is God going to come through for me? Of course, He's going to come through with for me because I live in His favor. Excellence is really different from perfection. Perfection is a hound of hell. Perfection is trying to make you be just right, constantly telling you that you're not enough, no matter how much you strive and work, it's never enough. It's never enough. That's the hound of hell trying to drive perfection. But excellence is the Lord does all things well. He is excellent in all of His ways. He creates and moves with intention. He's not trying to earn love. He's working out of love. So because we do things with a sense of pride and accomplishment and so glad to be with the Lord, we do things with excellence. So, you know, this is a really stinky hard question. Are you slopping through your life trying to do as little as possible? Are you trying hoping that nobody's going to see how you're not getting things done? Are you trying to procrastinate? Are you trying to hide and sneak and cheat? Are you trying to do the bare minimum? I'm surrounded by a bunch of bare minimum people. They're not worried about really running hard as to the glory of the Lord. They're just trying to get enough to not get in trouble. It's like we're not trying to 
We're not trying to not lose. We're trying to win. And there's a big difference between the two of those. So excellence is part of the kingdom of God. And then finally, the word was creativity. And I just want to tell you today, if you have a problem with negativity, the way you kill negativity is with creativity. Because negativity is negative. It's can't, won't, don't, never will. It's the worst, wah, 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 which sounds also like the devil. But creativity is born from the heart of God. I can do that. I can do that. Creativity is thinking. It's tapping into this all things are possible mentality that God has. Creativity is doing things for the sheer beauty of it. Creativity is working out of the delight of God. So you want to kill your negativity, you start getting creative. It's like I've started this one tactical little thing. When I find myself getting stuck in a conversation, when I find myself getting stuck in a relationship, when I don't know what to do, I will simply say this thing. I need to think of more options because when there's only one option, I'm not being creative. And so I've got to be creative enough to go, God, show me some other options here. Even if I don't take them, show me some other options so that I know that my creative brain is working and not this grinding to a stop negativity that sometimes stops all of us in our tracks. So this is a lot. I know it is, but I just want to keep asking you this question. Do you know what God's plans are? Do you know how his heart burns for you to discover these beautiful things he's planted in you? Do you believe that you are more than what you might see today? And are you willing to take the next step of faith? Are you willing to pray intensely for these things that make you passionately respond Maybe because you are part of the solution. People all the time saying, I don't know what God's doing about this. I don't know how God could let that happen. And I think that God is saying to us, I can't believe you, us, me. How do we let this happen? Because we are the kingdom of God on the earth today. And we are the ones that get to carry the great privilege of the Holy Spirit and let him pour out. Let him pour out through us. So your life matters. My life matters. Let's press in. Let's press in to know him and to bring Him the glory by living a life on purpose, full, full, full of His favor. So I'm going to give you those four words again so you can just put them up on your mirror or something. Supernatural wisdom, favor, excellence, creativity. These are your new buzzwords that you thank God that you have them, and you start watching for them, and you start praying faith into them. I believe I have these and I'm just going to start, I'm, they're just going to start using these tools every day and see how it changes my plans and my purpose for what I'm doing. I bless you. I just going to pray for you. God, I thank you that you're so excited about our lives. I thank you that you planned our lives on purpose and that you have such big plans for us and that we would not live small, uh, easily settled, easily pacified lives, that we wouldn't waste our time but that we would pray intensely for the world that you've given us and we would believe even bigger that you you have every expectation that you know exactly what this world needs and you plan to use us to help be part of that. I love you, God. I love what you're doing. I love how beautiful you are in each one of us. So you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me me just give a shout out to my dear friend, um, Dylan Turflinger, for helping me get this pulled together. And I did want to announce this one thing as I'm going to get on a more regular basis. We're going to start doing podcasts on Monday and Thursday, God willing. So I hope it'll give you something to look forward to. 
Thanks so much for your time. I understand that your time is a gift. Thanks for sharing it with me. Thanks for listening to Jana's message today. Remember, you can support this work and other Greater Things endeavors by checking out greater-things.org for details. That's greater-things.org. Thank you.